Well, today is a very, very special day, and there's a, a few things that are really special at Bethany Community Church. Weddings are special. Baby dedications are special. You know how much we love those. And, uh, but nothing is quite as incredible as water baptism. Amen. The day we celebrate our new life in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Amen. Before I get into that, though, I just got to pause for a personal recognition. Jim Butler, I want you to stand. Jim Butler, after 57 years, met his father last week. And they had an incredible reunion. Let's give him a hand. And uh, we want to hear a lot more about that, Jim. But I just wanted to just everybody see who you were. What a great story. It made the news down south. I don't know if it's it made the news here yet. Yeah, it, it's a great story. It's an incredible story. God bless you. Uh, also, uh, Pastor Steve's not here today because uh, Allie's uh, grandfather passed away in Ohio, and so that's where they are today. He didn't, he didn't quit already. <laughs> so, we didn't fire him already. But, um, no, we have uh, eight beautiful baptismal candidates, and I, I love this year's, th- this, this group of candidates, and th- they just explode a couple of myths in the church. One is that people do not want God to help them with their sin because they do. And people want God to save them from their sin because sin is hurtful and sin is damaging. People, it's just a myth we've been told. Don't talk to people about their sin. Just tell them that God loves them. Well, yeah, God loves you in your sin and he loves you enough to want to take it away. (laughs) So that the second thing myth is that young people are all leaving the church. This whole crew is all teenagers and young adults that are being baptized. Isn't that cool? And uh, naturally, we, value, we know we value our prime timers as well. But uh, I know every prime timer here and every senior here, I know the cry of your heart. What you want more than anything is you want your grandkids to know Jesus. I know that's what you want, so this will excite you. So here's what we're going to do. We're not going to baptize in the first service. We're going to baptize them in the second service. But we're go- I want you to hear their faith stories. And we did this last time, and it went over really well. And so I want to ask my friends, uh, uh, Jeremy and Amanda Smith, come. And they're going to read these faith stories, and I think they're, they're really going to bless you. Thank you, Jeremy and Amanda. So it's my, grab those mics. Oh, you got them already. They're good. Those guys are good. Emma Moses. She decided to become a Christian on March 28th of 2020. Growing up, I only attended church for important events. I viewed church and God as something to do rather than someone to know. I heard stories from the Bible but did not think they could apply to my own life. I struggled with my own identity and having a kind heart towards those around me. I could not see the purpose in struggles I was having in my life. My change of heart. I started going to Bethany more regularly with a friend when I was 13. I immediately felt there was something different about the environment and how members of this church loved each other and loved me. I listened to Mrs. Tyler and other members talk about Jesus and can see that he had changed their life but I did not fully understand what that looked like for myself. I started desiring to go to church, not just for my friends, but because I wanted to learn and to grow in my own faith. I started to realize God had a purpose for my life specifically and that he cared intimately for me. I was still hesitant to be all in for following God, but at youth convention last year, 
I raised my hands in surrender for the first time to God during worship. I could feel his presence for the very first time and felt a peace I could not explain. My life with Christ. I started to spend more time in prayer in his presence. As I came to know him more, I saw how he could use the parts of me that were broken before for his good. I began to see him work in my heart. I became more gracious and forgiving towards those around me and myself. I found myself desiring to serve those around me and in the church. Now I am able to use my story and how God has saw me through the trials I've walked through to help others walk through their own battles. God has been my helper, healer, and friend. I'm so excited to continue to grow in knowing him and living for him. Lauren Carlin. Lauren decided to be a Christian on March 11th, 2017. My life before I trusted Christ. I can never remember a time in my life where Christ was not chasing me. I would come running to him when it was convenient for me. There were many years of my life where I just went through the motions. I was living a sin-ridden life. I am still a sinner, but I am now aware of my sin and work through prayer and fellowship to minimize those sins. My change of heart. Again, I always knew of Christ, but I never really knew him until I dug deep. I was alone. I was living a sin-filled life. I needed more. I needed Christ. I found fellowship with like-minded Christians, and it made all the difference. They pointed me to Christ, and he molded my heart. My life with Christ. I am made new. I don't find joy in the sins I once engaged in. I have hope and peace beyond worldly understanding. I have friends who live Christ-centered lives. Bethany Blakeney. My life before I trusted Christ. I have had seasons throughout my adult life where I walked with Christ. I seem to get pulled away in the past due to my sins and not feeling worthy. I have a very crazy past including drugs and alcohol, homelessness, prostitution, and everything in between. I chose to get sober when I was pregnant with my now six-year-old daughter. I also have a 13-year-old. I have gone to church on and off over the last seven years, but I have not ever truly given myself to Christ and put everything in his hands. I would try to control everything and in turn worry and stress about everything that had happened and that was to come. I recently broke up with the father of my six-year-old, who was also like a father to my oldest daughter for the last seven years. He is using meth and has been crazy and destructive. He has been harassing me and stalking me and just causing trouble in my life. I try to still be a friend to him when he needs someone, but it keeps resulting in negative things happening in my life, even though I'm trying to do everything right. Over the last couple of weeks, I have been praying every day and really released the worry to Christ. In February, I found out I was pregnant with my ex's child. This would be our second child together. It was stressful and scary, but I had faith that everything would work out and this was God's plan. I, for the first time in my life, actually believed this and didn't just try to believe it. Something changed in me. I really cannot explain it. I found out one week ago that I had a miscarriage early on in the pregnancy. So early, they did not see anything in my first ultrasound. I cried at first because I was starting to be really happy about the new baby and picturing how things, how things would be with the new baby. 
I even had hope that maybe this is a way to bring my ex around and for him to get clean so we could be a family again. He never supported me going to church and I feel like he held me back in a way. Now that the baby is gone, I still have comfort knowing that this is God's plan and I don't need to worry about what is coming next. I just need to have faith and live to please God. I want to strengthen my relationship with God. My brother and his wife attend your church. I came a few weeks ago with my brother. I came today alone because I felt like that's where I wanted to be today and also needed to be today. I wanted to sign up for the next step classes and I also want to be baptized. The youth pastor said to sign up for baptism first, so here I am. Patricia DeSena. Patricia decided to be a Christian on February 14th of 2017. My journey hasn't been easy, but God has done some amazing things in my life. He brought me from darkness to light, and he healed me with his unfailing love. I didn't think I would make it. I thought I was going to die. I didn't think I would ever stop doing drugs and the obsession it brings. But more than that, the drugs changed my personality. I became cold, manipulative, no values, no morals, no hope. But when I got to the place with no hope, Jesus was there. The first time I heard Jesus loved me came from the mouth of a three-year-old, and it was that little boy that planted the seed in my heart when I was at my lowest. In February 2018, I hit another rock bottom, but this time I was so sick that I begged God that entire day to save me, and that's where I learned about the love of God. I went to treatment again, and I've been sober for the last three years. God is still continually working on my character defects, but he has brought joy, love, and peace back into my life. So I want to give my life to Jesus, because no man will ever love me as much as he does. If it wasn't for God, I would be dead, because when you're in the valley where I was, everyone leaves you. It's by the grace of God I am still breathing today. I owe my life to him. Thank you. Vienna Marks. Vienna decided to be a Christian on February 16th, 2012. My life before I trusted Christ. Before I met Christ, I was lost. I wasn't able to forgive. I had no hope in my heart. I put myself in relationships that were bad. My vision was a black hole. I wanted to commit suicide many times because I just didn't want to live due to circumstances in my life and throughout my life. I never attempted, but the thought was there. My change of heart. I decided to follow Christ one day at a service. I was led by a good friend. When she asked if there was anyone who hadn't accepted Christ and wanted to, to come up to the front and she would pray with them. The feeling in my heart was so strong, I can't explain it, but it got me up and I went up front and gave my life to Christ. My life with Christ. My life is different because I have forgiven the person that I held that hatred in my heart against. We have amended our relationship and we are now father and daughter again. A man I never thought I'd see step into a church and I come with him almost every Sunday and we are repairing our relationship. Lexi Feinberg. Lexi decided to be a Christian on September 1st of 2020. My life before Christ wasn't the good successful life I planned it to be and I was a very sinful person and didn't really think about anyone but myself. I had difficulties with listening to other people and understanding them. I went through a bad time in my life with no God and no Jesus, and Jesus wasn't a thing in my life at the moment, and it just wasn't a good point for me or anyone, for a matter of fact. 
at the time I decided it was time to change for the better. My best friend that has been there with me through anything thought it would be good for me to bring me to this incredible church group. And the first day I went, I instantly fell in love. It made me feel a part of something. I go every Wednesday to feel more connected to people that accept me for who I am and nothing different. Ever since I followed Jesus, I've been a better person. When I didn't follow Jesus, I didn't have many friends and it was really hard for me being lonely. Joining the Christian life made me who I am and made me stronger. I found where I belonged and found my true friends and the people who support me the most. Ever since I followed God, my life has been so much better. Thank you, Jesus, for always being my number one supporter, and thank you to my best friend for helping me get there and being so close to God as I am now. Life has been way better since you've been in it, and being baptized is going to give me that freedom and more encouragement to show my love to you and worth. Amen. Tyler Radicchione. Date Tyler became a Christian January 1, 2019 my life before I trusted Christ. I grew up in a very strict Catholic home. I was a very strong believer and would attend church regularly on Sunday. I went through baptism, communion, and confirmation. When I was 20, I started to lose my faith. I got married and recently got divorced. When I tried to go back to the Catholic church, I pretty much wasn't accepted back in. I had no direction and was very lost. I started dating someone who attends BCC. She asked me to go with her when we started dating, and I haven't looked back since. A change of heart. Christ had always played a huge role in my life. My biggest issue has been finding a place I'm comfortable in and feeling welcomed. At BCC, I truly feel those and want to continue to grow my faith. My life with Christ. I feel a sense of purpose and hope in my life. Since getting back into church, my faith has grown so much, and I try and continue to put Jesus first in everything I do. I really believe that my life has changed in so many positive ways since I have done this. With that being said, this is only the beginning, and I have so much more work to do personally and also in my community. Tommy Drew. Tommy decided to be a Christian September 11th, 2018. My life before I trusted Christ. I've been going to church since I was a kid, but never really paid too much attention to the lessons. I treated church like a chore, and I never really wanted to go. I acted one way in church, and then a different way around my friends. I would badmouth, gossip, and swear around my friends. But when church came around, I put up a fake face and just told myself that it was only a few hours, and then I could leave. My change of heart. In 2018, my freshman year of high school, a lot of things I saw every day got me very anxious, and I went through a period of depression. One night, I went into the woods at the back of my house and was out for what I thought was hours. That night, I made the decision to commit suicide. I thought no one would miss me if I was gone. God sent me a sign that he was watching over me. A family of deer walked in front of me, and it was the most beautiful thing I had ever seen. I went home that night and cried and prayed and repented. That night is when I truly accepted God as my savior. I am no longer brought down by depression and anxiety. God has helped lift those burdens and has given me new life in him. My life with Christ. Like many people, I still make mistakes and I slip up. But walking with God and letting him lead my life, I have found peace when I am distraught, love when I feel unloved, joy when I am sad. God helped me in the hardest time and pulled me from a place I thought I couldn't get out of. 
God has blessed me and given me purpose. My life has been much better since accepting Christ because he now walks beside me and I am never alone. Thank you, guys. Isn't that encouraging? I mean, you, you, you sometimes believe that nobody wants to follow Christ anymore, but people still do, and they still need him. In fact, there's an interesting P.S. to one of those, P- Patricia DeSini. Um, I, I saw her name, but I didn't recognize it when, when she signed up. And so I, I emailed all the candidates and I, I asked each of them, please call me. You know, well, I called them, actually. I called every candidate left a lot of voicemails, and uh, everybody had called me back at, uh, I would say it was about 7.30 last night, except Patricia had not called me back. And then uh, I, I had to go to the store, and I come out of the store, and there I see a, a missed call. So I called, and it was Patricia. Well, I did not realize who she was, but about four or five years ago, it must have been, at a week of prayer, uh, there's a lady who comes to our church. I don't know, she's probably not in the first service because her, uh, her daughter's getting baptized in second. Elena, her name is Elena. I don't even, not sure her last name. But uh, Elena had uh, asked me to pray for her daughter who was uh, strung out on drugs. And uh, uh, Patricia actually came one night to the prayer and we prayed for her. But I'm telling you, it, was, it seemed hopeless to me. She was so in such bad shape with drugs that I saw no way. In fact, I thought, this, this girl's going to die. There's no way. And things just went from bad to worse after that. And so I was, I'm in the middle of talking to her on the phone. I realized who it was. I hadn't, I hadn't had any contact with her, her mother or her in this four or five years. And last night I, I said, what? I said, you're supposed to be dead. What's going on? And so that's, that's the God we serve. That's the God, that, that's the Jesus that we, that's what this is all about. That's why we do this. That's why we come. That's why we have church. That's why we, we, we stay in church. That's why we encourage you to give and do all the things that you do. And all the, that, this is what it's all about, guys. This is, this is what it, it means. So I, I want to talk to you for uh, just briefly today uh, about the Jesus who accepts you. And I call it baptism, the process and power of affirmation. I want to read Acts chapter 10, verse 34. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. He accepts from every nation the one who fears him and who does what is right. You know the message God sent to his people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ who is Lord of all. You know what has happened to the province of Judea beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and he went about doing good, healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed a judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. 
While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers, this is very important that you catch that, who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can, can, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we, so he ordered them that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Now I want to jump over to another verse, and I'm going to go back and kind of explain to you very briefly what that passage was about. 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some men count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Now that long section of scripture that I read was Simon Peter would have been sent by the Lord to preach to the first time that the gospel had been preached to non-Jews, Gentiles. Some of you know the story of Simon Peter was staying at the, uh, a guy's name, uh, Simon the Tanner's house, and there he's taking a nap one day, and while he's taking a nap, a sheep comes down with all kinds of animals that were forbidden to be eaten by Jewish people. And uh, when God spoke to him and said, I want you to take and eat of what's on this sheet, he said, no way, I'll eat anything that's unclean. And God spoke to him and said, Simon, don't you dare call anything that I have cleansed unclean. At the same time, he's having this dream or this vision. A knock comes on the door, and it's representative of the house of Cornelius, an Italian officer in the Roman army. A knock's coming on the door. He goes downstairs. They call him downstairs. And these representatives of Cornelius, this Italian uh, officer in the Roman army, said he wants to hear about the gospel. Come to his house. So Simon knew now what the sheep meant, that God was saying, I am calling this gospel that you have thought was just for the Jews. It was just about national Judaism and about God reestablishing the kingdom of Israel. I have much bigger things in mind, and I have a lot more people planned for this, for this kingdom than you ever, ever thought or you ever wanted, Simon Peter. But I, never, I didn't ask you what you wanted, Simon. I am the Lord, so I'm going to tell you how it is. And so Simon Peter goes down, and that's the message, and that's what happened. So it brings to, brings to my mind this idea that the cross was the ultimate rejection of Jesus. And I understand that we must accept Jesus, but from which action, let me ask this question, from which action does the saving power of Christ come from? It does not come from you accepting Jesus. The saving power of Christ comes from Jesus accepting you. We talk a lot about accepting Jesus, which we should, by the way. It is really important. But we need to talk a bit more about Jesus accepting us. Because that's the real issue. That's what we should really be concerned about, is does he accept us? The Bible says in John chapter 6, verse 44, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me. So it says that the Father, God, initiated this relationship that you have with Jesus. I know you think you did it. But the Bible teaches that God initiated the relationship that you have with Jesus. And then we see in John 15, 16, Jesus said there, You didn't choose me, 
but I chose you. I want to tell you right quickly this morning three things that Christ accepting us should mean to us. Number one, it's a clear statement of our value that Christ accepts us. You see, uh, we talk about acceptance and rejection. We all know about that. We know hearing these young people's testimonies that that's a big deal, especially when you're young. You go to school, you're very sensitive about, you know, you, you, you've seen the little commercial with Shaq and the, the general insurance and the guys coming over and apologizing because they've been critical of the general insurance and they wouldn't let him eat lunch with them. Right, you've seen that commercial. So that, that, that's rejection, right? When people don't let you eat lunch with them or they, they all move to a different table when you go sit down. But, but I want to tell you something. Christ has n no doubt about his own worth or value. Uh, he's not insecure. I, I, I know you think you have to accept him or he, he will feel bad about himself, but uh, actually he doesn't. And uh, he said in one place... Uh, uh, in John 20, 21, he said, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah. That's him talking. The Son of God. And that by believing you may have life in his name. Some of you saw the little meme I put on Facebook this week of, uh, of uh, uh, three animals like in ancient times and you just see the, you see the, the, the rear side of the animals. And three ancient people are sitting on three ancient animals and, the, and you see the words coming out of the woman on the left. Oh, there's Mary and Joseph again. And on the back of each animal, is one of them says, "My child is my son is my child is in the honor society." Another another one said, "My son is in medical school." And then uh, on on the back of Mary's animal, she's a, on a donkey or whatever. It says, "My son is God." <laughs> so Jesus kind of Jesus did grow up insecure, you know, like like us. Jesus said in one place, your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He's talking to the Jews, you know. He goes, hey, you guys think Abraham's something. I'm going to tell you, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. <laughs> Abraham was happy to see me. No wonder they crucified him. I mean, he was pretty offensive, wasn't he? Uh, you, know, uh, you know they went home that day and said, that Jesus is a jerk. Did you hear that? He, he, said, he said Abraham was glad to see his day. You know, Jesus said, uh, uh, I am the light of the world. <laughs> that, that's pretty secure. <laughs> Jesus said, I'm, I'm the resurrection and the life. Uh, th that, that's pretty secure. How many of you ever went around saying, I'm the light of the world. I'm the resurrection and the life. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. I, I know my sheep and they follow me. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. In John 10, 17, Jesus said, The Father loves me because I sacrificed my life so that I may take it back. Jesus knew his value. He's come so you can know yours. Yes, your salvation speaks highly of God's grace. That's true. We like to talk about that. But the only problem, if, if, we, if we just talk about God's grace, we almost act like we're, we're worthless. We're, I'm just so worthless. The only way God could care, love me is by grace. Well, let me tell you something. You're, you're not worthless. You're unworthy, but you're not worthless. You have very high value. Christ paid a high value for you because you were worth it. You are a bundle of spiritual gifts, 
and great potential. You are a world changer. I'm telling you, you are a good investment. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, 6, He has made us accepted in the Beloved. In other words, that Jesus is the Beloved, not you. That is a little bit of a downer, I'm sorry. Jesus is the Beloved. But, so what God does, He puts you inside of Jesus. So now He loves you just like He loves Jesus. Amen? If that doesn't help you feel better, I, I'm, you're hopeless. I can't help you. I don't have any... I mean, medication's the only thing left. <laughs> that doesn't make you feel better. The second thing about your value, or the second thing about God, Christ accepting you, it's a clear statement of our buy-in that Christ accepts us. A lot of people think they can be saved without buying in. If, you're gonna, if you, Christ is going to accept you, but Christ doesn't accept everybody. I know that might be news to you, he doesn't accept. He, you ever go to? You ever go on vacation, like to some resort, and they ask you if you'd like to go to a timeshare uh, presentation. What do they call it? And I'm not criticizing timeshares. Some of you own timeshares. I'm glad you like it. I'm glad you, it's great. But but how many of you ever go to those and you had no intention of buying? You just wanted the free passes to the tours. <laughs> That's the only reason you went. And you, so you sat through this two-hour sales presentation of this enthusiastic salesperson, and you had no intentions of buying in. You were just there for the free whatever. Some people come to Christ like that. There are some perks at hanging around a church. Oh, yeah. There are some perks. I mean, church is a great place to look for dates. You kidding me? <laughs> what organization in town is doing more for young people to get them together to have fun and food? I went to youth group the other night and it was so much fun I wanted to go back. Don't tell me church is not a great place. I mean, this music that these guys do up here on Sunday morning and stuff, I mean, where are you going to get that for free? You're not going to get that for free anywhere. Church is a great place to hang out. So many reasons church is a great place to hang out. But Christ is not just looking for people who want to hang out for, for, for the benefits of the church. Christ is looking for people who want to buy in to the death, burial, and resurrection. This baptismal font, this baptismal font is your place of new life and new identity in Christ. This is... as this is really a grave. This is really a tomb where the old you dies and the new you comes to life. The new you who lives in Christ. The new you who lives for the glory of God. The, Bible, the, the Westminster Confession says the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. This is not an insurance policy you're buying. You're not checking off a box that you pull out your card when you see Jesus. He's, you're going to let me into heaven? Hey, I, Pastor Fester, Phil baptized me. Of course you're going to let me in. You, you, know, you know, you ever do those subscriptions on the internet? And, and you got to subscribe to stuff, you know, all the time. And so you check all the boxes and then you go to hit accept and it says 
you didn't check one of the boxes. You know, you didn't agree. You know, they had the agreement thing. And some of you are going to, you're going to really wake up and be in trouble someday when you find out all the stuff you agreed to. You don't even read that agreement thing. You don't know that you, you, you gave away your house and your kids. and You don't even know that, that what, you, what you agreed to. You know, you know what I mean. You don't, you don't check off one of the boxes. Uh, or, or maybe you put your credit card information and you didn't put the, 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 the securities, the little security code there. So it kicks it back at you, and sometimes you just wonder, and it's always in red. Well, some people, that's the way baptism is. It's just this, oh, I forgot to check off baptism, so i got to go. No, it's, it's way more than that. It's you demonstrating to God that you are buying in. You are buying in to the way of life called Christianity. You're buying in to Christ. The final thing about this Christ accepting you is it's a clear statement of our turning away from sin that Christ accepts us. Now, I didn't say, I, what, what do I mean by sinning? I mean thinking or wanting to behave apart from the will of God. Of course, I still come up short, but I live apologetically, not arrogantly about my sin. There's absolutely no place in Scripture where it's taught that someone must demonstrate a moral performance or sinless perfection. That's not what we're talking about. But we're talking about a turning away, a, an attitude toward our sin that, is, uh, that we see sin as something negative. We see, see sin, we see sin in our life as something we want to stay away from. We, we see it as something that grieves us and hurts us and separates us from God. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from righteousness. Uh, if we claim we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. That, that scripture, in fact, is written to Christ followers. What is clear is that before the Father accepts me and affirms me into the family, I must show that I have a disdain and a disgust for sin. I must accept that I personally have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the word I confess from, from the word confess in 1 John 1 9 means to agree with God. So it says, God, I agree with you about my sinfulness. I agree with you that I am self centered. You heard that in people's testimony. And we didn't coach them to say those things. We didn't take sentiments and orientation. It would, you would think when you read those stories that we brought them into an orientation class and we instructed them in how how to repent, but that came, out of, that came out of their own soul, that they realized that something's broken in them, and that's why they come to Christ to have that thing fixed. God hates sin, and in fact, uh, Proverbs 6.16 even has a God's hate list. <laughs> it, it says there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. Psalms 97.10 says, You who love the Lord hate evil. I must hate evil if I am going to walk with Christ. Now, I know this can be a, it can be a touchy point among believers because we, we want to make sure people know that they're saved by grace and not by the works of the law. We want to make sure people understand that. We, we, we don't want to be moralists who, who teach people that 
you're, you're, you have to uh, achieve a certain level of moral perfection in order to be accepted. We don't want to teach people that. But there must be a turning away. Uh, let me ask this question to you. And, and I asked it of a different audience the other day. Uh, and I was talking about this. And, and they gave me this answer. And I'm going to see if you give the same answer. Think of the worst person in history. Who would it be? Everybody said Hitler. That's the same thing the other crowd said. So it's a good thing because I had the illustration all worked out about Hitler. I don't know what I would have done if you would have said Mussolini <laughs> or Stalin or Mao Zedong. I don't know what I would have done. Let's, let's just imagine. I also I asked this group, I asked them, could Hitler be saved? And you know most of them said no. Most of them said Hitler could not have been saved because he was so bad. Now, I, I don't know if you believe that or not. According to Scripture, Hitler could, be, could have been saved. According to Scripture, there's no sin that Christ did not forgive on the cross, including, including slaughtering six million Jews, probably a million communists, and probably half a million Christians or a million Christians. But let's just pretend that Hitler's near the end of his life and he comes to Christ and says, I want to be saved. And Christ says, yes, I will, I will save you. Are you sorry for your sins? And Hitler said, no. Do you think, now do you think he could be saved? No, in fact, I plan to keep on doing exactly what I was doing. If that won't work for Hitler, it won't work for you. Coming to Christ and be accepted by Christ. Now, you're not going to get it perfect. Nobody's saying that. Why, why did 1 John 1, 9, why was it written to Christians? Because he knew we would need it. He knew that his blood would be needed even after we walk with Christ. But you must be, here's what it is. You are not judged by your actions. You're judged by your intentions. What is the intention of your heart? What is the intention of your heart? God will forgive all your past actions. It, it's, it's like a wedding. You know, you, you, get, you get to that point where you say the vows. You don't talk about the past at that point. All you talk about is the future. Will you promise to cherish, to hope, till death do you part? In sickness and, in, and health and poverty and wealth, do you promise to hope? You, you don't go, let's talk about those other relationships you used to have. <laughs> Let's talk about your other girlfriends and boyfriends. Let's talk about let's talk about your pastor today. No, no, it's it's a it's a new life at a wedding. And that's what it is to come to Christ. It's a new life. When we turn from our sin, we see that our sin put Jesus on the cross. But we want to turn from it and we want to deliver us from it. And guess what? The world is a better place. The less sin we have the better the world is. The less people are getting hurt, the less people are getting hated, the less people are getting abused, the less people are getting abandoned, the less people are, are, are getting destroyed, the less people are getting ripped off, the less people that are getting damaged, the less sin we have. So let's start a campaign for less sin, okay? Let's stand.
you know, we, we are so blessed to have God's word as a light to our feet, as a way to unravel the mysteries of God and his kingdom and his way. And then we have the Holy Spirit that translates it to us and helps us to understand because what an unfathomable mystery it is that God chose me and he chose you in our sin. And he made this plan to rescue us. And he loved us so much, he doesn't want to leave us in our sin. And he can't because what fellowship does darkness have with light? None. So really eradicating our sin is because he wants you. He wants you in his presence. He wants you to be close to him. And he cannot fellowship with the darkness that's in you. So he has to cleanse you from all unrighteousness so that he can spend eternity with you. And you know, when, when, we, when we get free from certain things and we go through sometimes the embarrassment and pain and discomfort of getting some of those things out of our life and you look back in hindsight and some of the things that you used to be bound by and you go look back and say, do you ever go, oh, I just miss so much that being addicted to that. I just miss so much when I used to just blow all my money and then panic because I couldn't pay my bills. Do you ever miss it? <laughs> no, you say, I'm so grateful for whatever force came upon me that made me go through that tough thing to get free, right? So let's bow our heads across this room and we're just going to pray this today. Psalms 139. 23 through 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. What an interesting word to use. Point out anything in me that offends you. And here's the real thing. This is the good news. Lead me along the path of everlasting life. It's all about our eternity with him. So across this room, let's bow our heads and let's pray that prayer in our hearts. Search my heart, God. Search my heart. Is there anything that offends you? Is there anything that's keeping me separated from you? Is there anything that is preventing me from living in the good news of my salvation, the joy of my salvation, the free gift that you've offered me? I pray, God, that you would make it clear to our hearts those things that are offending you and that we would be on the path to everlasting life, on the path to become more like you so we could be with you. We thank you so much, Jesus. I thank you for what you're doing in this church, Lord. I thank you that you're teaching us how to love each other and speak truth to each other in, in love so that we can grow and be more like you, Lord. We don't want to be babies. We want to grow up in our faith. We want to get to a level of maturity. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I'm so excited about what God is doing here and how, the, how relationships here are growing and I'm seeing it and seeing people getting to know each other and people who came here during COVID still getting plugged into this church during a time where we could barely meet. Isn't that amazing? There are people who started coming to this church in March and, to, and last March of 2020 and today they feel like a, a member of this family and that's only the power of God that would do that in a time where we can't even see each other's whole face. <laughs> for real, it get, that's exciting. Um, so thank you for coming to church today. We're going to give you the chance to um, 
obey God with your finances right now. We have our, um, our I don't see any of our ushers. Where are you guys? Oh, there's Pat. Just hiding. Um, oh, and my husband was running away outside. Um, this is a chance where you can give that 10%, and that's in obedience to what the Bible asks us to do. And you can give more than that if you want, or you can test it out and give whatever God is leading you to do. You can do it online. You can drop that in the bucket. Um, and if you have a child in BCC Kids or the Happy Place, we're going to go ahead and dismiss you first. Um, and uh, then after that, if you don't have a child, please stay in your seat. The ushers are going to dismiss you row by row, and we're going to have the baptism next service, so maybe some of you will stay if we can fit you with social distancing. 